two folks, broads and booze. This is your host, Jamie. And this is Monica. Hello. So this month we are in the spring cleaning, decluttering at the speed of life by Dana K. White. So overall, Monica, what did you think of the book? I thought the book was a good read because I really liked her personality and it was simple and uncomplicated and it doesn't put a lot of like pressure on you and it's not judgy or anything <laughs> it's just like huh let's get some stuff out of your house you don't want and you know at the at the time frame you have available to you no big deal it was mm -hmm. really nice read uh, I like how she um, talks about how slobby she is <laughs> I found that really enjoyable mm -hmm. I do have some quotes and questions that I got from book discussion guide, simplescrapper.com slash book club. So <clears throat> the first quote says, I have opened random doors and slammed them shut, feeling completely and totally overwhelmed, and then opened them again and worked my way through the clutter inside. Well, the question is, are you currently overwhelmed by your clutter? Well... I can totally relate to that because, yes, I have been there in the past. My basement, I would say, still probably qualifies. <laughs> and that is a horrible feeling to, like, not know where to start. I think that's probably my biggest um, obstacle to decluttering is you just look at it all and it's like, what do you even do? Right. I was feeling very overwhelmed by my clutter. I, my living room became unlivable to me. Mm -hmm. It was, I was like, I can't walk through the room. There's just too much crap in here. So she, in the book, she says, start with the visible areas first and then work your way through. But I knew there was no way I was going to talk my kids into starting with the living room first. <laughs> so I'm like, they'll see me, throw away, donate, get rid of a bunch of my crap. And then when I get to our shared stuff, they're going to realize uh, they have to, they have to put in some effort too. So yeah. we worked for a solid uh, two weeks, I think on it. Yeah. And I kept seeing the same guy goodwill again and again, but a little <laughs> embarrassed, like, oh, first time he rolled out a cart, it was empty. And I was like, oh, here's my few things. And the second time I was like, oh, here's half a cart. And then like, here's a full bin, and then I'm like, ooh, and a little bit more, and hey, do you know how organized there is for all this stuff? Because I like these containers back, and they do, by the way. <clears throat> so it says, quote, there will be moments when you love what I say, and there will be moments when you hate my guts. Did you resonate with the author's tone and overall approach with that? Oh, I did, because um, decluttering is very emotional. Um, there's lots of stuff that we don't want to get rid of. And and I like how she says, hey, you know, blame the container. Don't blame me. <laughs> but it is true, especially when she talks about things like books. You know, people get really fussy about, like, getting rid of books, you know, and and baby clothes and certain things that are, like, really emotionally charged. And she's just, like not giving you a break here <laughs> she's like no that's gotta go too <laughs> uh, so uh let's oh here 
on page 36, it says, I dealt with clutter at the level boxing it up in the garage or shoving everything in the master bedroom and locking the door until whatever event was I was cleaning my house for was over. And I think that's something everybody's done. <laughs> yeah, you know, that that strategy I resonated with a lot. Like, I used to be a piler, and I used to be... And I would just move the piles around, right? Right. Um, And, yeah, I totally did that a lot. And, like, a really organized pile doesn't look as messy as... <laughs> but it's still not... It's just not the same. So, I do totally get that. And... It makes you feel franticky. I think one of the things I've learned, see, my house started kind of becoming more organized on accident. Um, <laughs> well, for one thing, I'm I don't really see the slobby mess, and you know, slob vision. Yeah, that what she called it. Yeah, it's yeah. like I don't even notice it, but my until it's overwhelming, and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, that was my mom growing up, and my... she turned crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Start throwing everything away. My sister and I would just cry, like oh. literally tears, crying because it was just like get it out. No, and there's no discernment. She's just like, everything. We're, we're cleaning this house. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. And Heather, I'm like, it's been like this for months. Like seriously, what is the big deal? And then my mom would just snap, and we she's like, we're staying up all night and clean. It'd be like eleven o'clock at night. She's like, I don't care. We're cleaning this house. Oh, well, my significant other operates much better in order um it's just much better for his mental health so i try to accommodate when i can but it's like you say sometimes i don't notice things that he notices but i've noticed that as i've kind of worked on like calming my anxiety and working on myself that my living space is not as chaotic and anxiety inducing i really feel like at times your internal can be reflected externally. <laughs> At least in my case, that was true. I don't think it has to be for everyone's case, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, huh. I moved a lot of stuff into this room. I don't know if you can tell. It feels a lot fuller to me. Mm. I've got, I've got piles behind me. I'm blocking the view. Someone if you can't see it. <laughs> like the mess is back there. I went through some of it. Like, I found that I had, like, literally, like, a hundred different gift bags for different things. Birthday, Christmas, whatever. And you probably buy a new one every time you buy somebody a present. <laughs> no, I don't, because I'm super cheap. So oh. I always come and see what I have. But, yeah, I was like, oh, that, that's a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I quite need two large bags full, stuffed full of these. I'm like, oh, and I found... More tissue paper than I forgot that I had. I knew I had some, but mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I have white, and I have purple, and I have glittery. I'm like, hmm, interesting. And I moved all my coats down here because uh, child number two was like, this is my closet, and it's full of your crap. Huh. I can't put anything here. So all my stuff has to be out in my room and out in the living room. And I was like, bull crap. <laughs> no more excuses now, mister. Yeah, I was like, I'm cleaning this closet out so all this Nerf crap can go be put away so it's not in my face whenever I want to walk through the living room. <laughs> they were not happy with me. They were like, oh, what is she doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, you want to talk about our drinks? 
Oh, yeah. Well, you made it. So let's, um, why don't you say what, what you put in it and I will give my, my review. <laughs> so I put in, uh, some Maker's Mark. Oh, ice, Maker's Mark, ginger beer. And then I squeezed one fresh lemon for Monica and one fresh lime for myself. And it is very fresh, super light tasting. I love it. It's excellent. It's almost like a dark and stormy with whiskey instead of rum. Yeah. But it gives it a totally different taste. It's not like a whiskey sour at all. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. I, mine's like fresh lemonade and whiskey, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I add a lot more juice to them than what I would a dark and stormy. Because mm -hmm. normally a dark and stormy, I just like squeeze one wedge in there. So, yeah, it's very good. I saw it on a local restaurant Facebook page. I'm like, hmm, that looks interesting. I <laughs> bet we could try that. I don't remember what they called it. Some sort of lemonade. Ah, okay. So, <clears throat> let's delve deeper into the book. I love this one. Quote from page 131. Sometimes, lots of times, hobby rooms become rooms of randomness. Cool stuff gets shoved in the hobby room because there isn't any other place in the house. Or maybe your brain thinks that this is where that would... Wouldn't that be cool room instead of the scrapbooking room? It's like... What other categories of items live in your creative workspace? Because she's, she talks about how people that have lots of different hobbies have lots of clutter because they're interesting people. <laughs> That's very generous of her. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. And it's like the hobby room... If you have too many hobbies, you tend to get overwhelmed and not work on any of them, which is what I do. It's because I have um, all my craft stuff downstairs, and my daughter's an artist, and she also does cosplay. So there's like sewing machines and cloth and paper and paints and like all this stuff in the basement. But I find that really about the only thing I'm doing lately is like the dot painting. So I have just a few paints and like a couple canvases upstairs and I don't even go downstairs. I couldn't even find anything in that mess if I wanted to. Mm. Yeah, definitely I need to use this book to tackle my basement. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to give knitting a try when there is a free knitting class at the library because I'm cheap and I like free stuff. And I still have like all that knitting stuff together. It's in a small basket. It's together. It's in the closet. So, but it's one of those things where like, well, maybe one day I'll go back and I'll do that again. And so like, you know, you find something like, oh, this seems interesting. This seems like it would be fun. And then you're like, maybe one day I'll do this again. I have paint brushes and paint sets behind me stacked up. I'm like, this is becoming like my, my craft room podcast room is becoming the the pseudo junk room things that were just sort of out and about are now migrating their way down here <laughs> if they didn't end up at goodwill so yeah. beware room beware you're next <laughs> <laughs> so you just want to talk about some of the general things that you found really helpful yeah or useful? yeah for sure i really liked her container concept okay 
So she's like, she uses an example, I think, for scarves. She's like, you know, scarves are little. They don't take up a lot of space. Maybe you have, you know, 60 scarves, like, just as an example. And, um, but you can't find which one you want. And you don't know where they are. And scarves end up all over your closet floor because the little scarfy, hangy thing, you know, is crammed into your closet and it falls down. And so basically she's like, you take a, a drawer or a small shelf or whatever your container is. And you take all of your scarves and you put your favorite ones in there first. And then as you're going through them, like once it's full, when you go through the rest of them, let's say you find one that you absolutely love, right? Okay, fine. You put that in the container, but you have to take another one out. So, um, so what you get to keep is determined by the size of your container and what it gets even more mind blowing. Okay. Like this is super exciting stuff because your container is, you know, your shelf or your drawer or your closet, but it's also your room, but it's also your, your whole house. house, your whole house. Yes. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is mind blowing. I was definitely beyond the home container for a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it makes so much sense. And you know, I was looking into, been really interested in like that minimalism and stuff like that. The tiny house. I love yeah. the tiny house. I think with a family, at least my family, it's not very doable. But like, this isn't minimalism, but it's, it's restricting your stuff to the space that you have. Right. And one of the things that she found when she did this to her home was that she enjoyed the open spaces like it made her feel good it feels so much different yeah and i like that feeling too you know um and, and then instead of being constantly in a battle with your house you can enjoy it and appreciate it so yeah that was my favorite concept do you have any you know I, that stood out for you i've so part two is decluttering room by room mm -hmm. and i found that very useful so she starts off with going through the visible living areas of your house first, which is what my main focus ultimate result was what I wanted to work on. But I knew that I couldn't do that with my family. So I started in the kitchen, which she has two chapters about the kitchen. And I'd already gone through my kitchen pretty good when I remodeled it about five years ago. So mm -hmm. it was already pretty bare bones, but I found a pot that I forgot that I even owned. <sighs> I I got rid of some cookware and I bought new cookware and it fits into the space so much better and it's more easily accessible. It's easier to use. Uh, it's easier for my child to cook with because the pots are organized differently. So that was super useful. I still do have, I have a lot of kitchen gadgets and I, I just, yeah, I can't pare them down. So. If you use them though. Then, you know, you just find a container for them. Yeah. It's, and it's in the drawer. The drawer mm -hmm. shuts. The drawer is just kind of messy when you look at it. But, I mean, they're in there. Yeah. And it it works. It's functional. It's just kind of like, ugh, when you open it up. You're like, <laughs> I know the spatula is in here because I put it in here. Let me see if I can find it. So then, she, uh, so after kitchen is bedroom, which is exactly what I did. So I did the kitchen then I did my bedroom and I started with like my bookshelf and I got, 
I don't even know. It was a lot of books. I felt kind of sad about it, but some <sighs> the of them, books are always emotional. <laughs> and some of them are like college textbooks. I'm yes, like, I, I still have some too. I kept I kept a handful, but like mm-hmm. I'm like Spanish. I'm like no, that right. can go. Yeah, <laughs> there was a couple of them. I was like mm, linear algebra. I'm like, well, no, you can go. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't need you anymore. Especially I think this one looked like it was from the nineteen seventies. Huh. So I was like, I obviously got this from somebody else as like supplement. I'm like, it can go. And then I went to closet. So I did my closet, which um I had all the I had so many shirts. I could even like look to see how many shirts I had. It was stuffed. And I had a lot of clothing that had holes in it from my work at a chemistry lab. So I was just like, I'm not keeping these. Right. It's like, I never wear them. Why are they in here? So I got rid of those. And then I went to the closet in Dane's room, <laughs> which was like, ah, crap. Now we have stuff in there, too, for the kids. And then I um, then I went to the living area. And then the, she ends in, like, craft rooms, hobby spaces, and then storage areas. So technically I'm not quite done because I only sort of surfaced went through the craft room in here it's very pleasant for me to sit but yes I can see I do see your little bags of like Christmas wrapping paper and things like that and they're fine it looks way better than my basement (laughs) but it's organized but according to the book it's like oh you know yeah well let's go let me go over her steps which I thought was um I thought was super easy Mm. and I think I'm at a place in the book where she lays out the steps but so the first thing is defining the room and I think you talked about that a little bit like you can have a room that's a spare bedroom but it ends up being is it a video game room what is it so you have to first decide what the room is and then the first thing you do so this is how you can declutter at your own time So if you have five minutes, you just take a trash bag and you get all the surface trash easy. All the junk mail that's laying on the table, you know, your kid's wrapper from their Pop-Tart they left. Right. Whatever is just visible trash you run through and pick up. And then it says the next is the easy stuff. So identify the easy stuff. Stuff that's laying around that has a home somewhere else. And you just immediately take it back to its home you know you hang the coat up on the coat hook instead of on the back of the chair or whatever and then the next one is duh clutter so this one is like anything you pick up where you're like why do i even have this right and and so that immediately so you have a trash bag you have a donate box right so that immediately goes in the donate box oh and this is where she talks about value of space like is this item worth the amount of space that it's taking up in my home like she had a cast iron bathtub in her backyard which is like it was taking up mm-hmm. space and she figured out like how much she paid for the home and what this each square foot of it was and is this worth this much money a month for me to keep in this space which was a really great way to look at it Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then plus, you know, you get something like a, like a cast iron bathtub and sure they're fantastic. If you actually do the thing with it, you wanted to do with it. Otherwise they're just heavy. And if you're going to get rid of it eventually, I mean, it takes like 
she was like, how many strong men did it take to get rid of the dumb thing? It was like three or four people. Yeah. 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 Um, well, then she's got these decluttering questions, which I found super helpful. And I have actually thought of these in my daily life when I'm looking for something. So the first one, when you're putting stuff away, um, or if you're deciding on whether you should keep it or not, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? So, you know, you imagine, um, you know, cookie cutters, where would I look for them? Okay, mm -hmm. so those aren't going to be in your normal, everyday, kitchen, useful stuff. So it's like, okay, I'm making cookies. Where are my cookie cutters? So if you can think of that spot, then that's where you put them. And then decluttering question number two, if I needed this item, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? I don't know if I have cookie cutters or not. I probably do. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, so if you don't know whether you have them or not, and you don't really know where you're going to put them, then you should probably just get rid of them. Mm -hmm. And then she talks about the con like the containers and making things fit. And when you're going, like you put like things together so that you can consolidate them. And, you know, the container content was great. Purge down to the limits of the container. I mean, like basically that that's kind of the the process. Right. And, and there's no, yeah, it's not. She's not giving you any judgment. Like, you keep whatever you want. Uh-huh. You know, you, it's your it judgment. If has a purpose for you, mm -hmm. that's yours to keep. Or if it's worthwhile for you to keep it, fine. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I thought that that came in big handy. There is a chapter about helping others declutter. So, like, if you have elderly or invalid, like, family members, or if there's death in the family or something like that. Or somebody asked you, like, hey, yeah. uh, I saw how you declutter. It would be, I really appreciate your help, which none of my friends will do that, let me tell you. No. But um, I don't want to help declutter anybody, so. I'm I don't even want to declutter my own house, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess if you write books on it and you're a decluttering expert, you kind of have to expect that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, taking that emotion out of it, you know, not judging people. Um, I went through a point in time in my life um, where I was very overwhelmed. I was very overwhelmed with work. I was very overwhelmed with the kids. My house was a mess. Um, and I, I didn't let people into my house. Nobody. Like, for three years. Oh, my mm -hmm. house was off limits. If somebody came over, I would meet them in the driveway and not let them in the house. And part of that was like a boundary. And it was like, my house was my safe space, you know, mm -hmm. not that I was happy with it being like cluttery or whatever, but, and it wasn't like I was embarrassed. It was other people's reaction. Like if somebody like would come over and want to help me clean or, you know, if you could just tell, like it was, it made me feel really bad. And so I didn't want to feel bad. So I just decided not to let people in my house. Mm. And that worked for a while. And then I got, you know, some confidence and, and started to get my life in order and started to get my house in order. And it's by no means perfect. But um, I like being in your house. Well, that fear of judgment, no matter what my house looks like now, is gone. I feel like I needed that boundary to, like, mm -hmm. you know gather up some strength but as I'm reading this book and looking at my house I can honestly say I will use the techniques in this book in my house I also love when she says 
is this is something I'm not using right now that I might need in the future. Is it worth me to pay to save it and store it? Or is it more worth for me to get rid of it and when I need it, just go buy it? Right. Right. I mean, she's very practical about it. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and her stories about her own experience are so interesting and she's so funny. And she talks about how she got a moving truck to like, you know, it said for like, you know, this big of a house, this is a size truck you need. And she like had so much more stuff and she kept thinking she needed a bigger house. Right. But it wasn't, and once she got the bigger house, she would just fill the house up with more stuff. I just need the right storage containers. I just need another shelf. And her husband's like, why are you putting that? It's just like, in the house. And like, oh, well, maybe I'll just stay in the garage for right now. And that's <laughs> the thing, too, that doesn't work is all of these, like, storage systems. And, can, and like, I'm not saying, like, some strategically placed shelves around your basement and in your kitchen aren't fantastic. But, like, to buy this closet organizing system and think your closet is going to be organized is just, uh, it's just a dream. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You actually have to go through your things and see yeah. what you want. I donated, like, ten pairs of shoes. I was like, I've had these shoes a really long time, and I've only ever worn them three times. Yeah. I think they can go. I'm like, oh, I bought these shoes, and I've never worn them once. <laughs> I, think I think they, they can, can go. go, too. Yeah, and, like... And now that I'm older and I have my plantar fasciitis and like all these super cute high heels and like they're going, except for for the special occasion ones that I know I have outfits that actually match with. So, yeah. Yeah. She talks a little bit about um, what to donate to. She really emphasizes like not donating expired food. Right. But she does talk about, you know, actually check with the place where you're donating things to because you may think that this stained or something that has holes in it they're not going to need. But some of these places can actually earn money. Like I think she said where she lived, they made rags out of clothing donations that couldn't be used. And they, I don't know how they made money off of that, whatever. But they would take any kind of clothes. It didn't have to be in good condition. So you, know, you don't necessarily have to trash things. Oh, and she said it's way more time-consuming and not worth it to try to sell stuff. Oh, yes. Than to just donate it and get it out of your house now. Right. Like, get it out of your house today and then so, instead of trying to sell stuff. Because I have plenty of things that were still in pretty good condition. Yeah. My my mom's best friend from middle school so it has a thrift shop and she was like drooling over the stuff that I was donating. And I was <laughs> like, well, she lives in Ohio. It was too right. far. Sorry. Come get it today or it's gone. Yeah. But I was like, you would need a U-Haul for the amount of crap yeah. that I took to get. Well, that part reminded me of, and I'm going to date myself here, but back when I was a mess, um, and AOL was a thing and like mm -hmm. really popular. They had a, there was a site for the fly lady Oh, and I she, the do fly you remember lady? the fly lady? And she had this um, acronym, like if you lived in chaos, can't have anyone over syndrome. And this book really reminded me of her because one of the things she said was, look, I know you need to recycling is good for the planet and this and that and this and that. But let's face it, honey, you're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. We're um, just going to trash it. And we're not going to feel bad about it. And we're not going to look back. 
And then once you get past this hurdle and you get everything a little more under control, then you can expect more from yourself. You right. can expect these things from yourself right now. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Her, I also read her first book, mm. which um, it was not meant for me. Like, it was meant for somebody who is in a much more slobbier circumstance. Mm. Which, you know, is fine. Some people are that way where um, they have so much laundry, they're overwhelmed with it. And laundry becomes an entire day event because they only do laundry once a month. And she talks you through how to get over that hurdle. Get over the hurdle of having two days worth of washing drying and putting away dishes to get to doing the dishes every day to get to doing laundry mm-hmm. you know maybe a couple of times a week so um i thought this book was really great for where i'm at now yeah i can i would definitely agree and on your advice i didn't read the previous book i think probably if like 25 year old me with three tiny kids maybe i could have used that book I mean, I remember a basement playroom that may or may not have been ankle deep in laundry, but, you know, definitely yeah. gotten <laughs> gotten over that part of my life. <laughs> but, uh, but she had a lot of great advice in, in, her, in her first book, and one of the things that she talks about a lot is do the dishes, do the dishes. She's like, do the dishes. I think she says it every chapter. She's like, do the dishes. And then meet me back. <laughs> and I did get to the point where I do definitely do dishes every day or twice a day. And it used to, dishes used to make me mad. Because I'm like, I could be reading a book. I could be doing so many other things except for these damn dishes, you know. But now I started to kind of take a little bit more zen approach to it. At first I forced the whole... I'm grateful for the warm water, <laughs> the running water. And I'm like, rrr, 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 and I'm washing the dishes mad still. But then I was kind of like, okay, look, there's only so much time in a day. And human beings, they need to spend a certain amount of that time for their maintenance of their physical life. Mm-hmm. And one of those maintenance things is cooking and dishes. And so let's not be emotional about it. Like this is just something that you have to do, like put oil in your car, <laughs> you know? Right. So once I took that mentality on it, like now it doesn't phase me. And once you start doing it all the time, mm-hmm. you know, about how long it's going to take and it becomes easier and it's just a routine, and once it's a routine, you don't even think about it. It just happens. Mm-hmm. I make dinner every night. Oh, I make dinner. I make coffee every night after dinner, but I do, like, French press coffee, and it's fancy, and I ground the beans and warm up water on the stove and blah, blah, blah. But my, the point of this is is that during the process of making the coffee, by the time the coffee is done brewing, I can, nine times out of ten, have all the dinner dishes done. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I don't know why. I felt like that was kind of cool. <laughs> like, instead of just putting it off, you know? Right. Like, kind of multitasking a little bit, but... I, I timed myself folding clothes, and I timed it before I even, like, read any of these decluttering books. And, like, I can fold an entire basket of laundry in about four minutes. So, some mornings, I'll have clothes in the dryer. I come downstairs. I wake up the grumpy teenager. <laughs> grab clothes from the dryer, walk upstairs. I have a couple minutes, like, maybe I'm like, oh, I don't want to put my contact in today. 
I can fold this load of laundry in four minutes before we leave, and then my laundry's folded, and then when I get home, Mm -hmm. um, the little one will have already put away all of his clothes off my bed. Then I just have, like, a couple of things to hang up, so. Yeah, I think a lot of it is about mindset, and I think a lot of the reason why I liked this book so very much is that she is so non-judgmental. And it is... Like, the whole first portion is building a decluttering mindset. That is literally the name of part one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's... it. As far as interesting books go, like, I read a lot, but, like, normally wouldn't read a book on decluttering, but can honestly say I'm glad... It was well-written. I like her personality. I like her simple, straightforward advice. I thought it was great. I do, too. Yeah. So I think that's going to be it for for this month. Yeah. And we will see you again next month. Woohoo. Bye. Go clean your house. (laughs) Just kidding. Only if you want to. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.